Hello, I am Kargi, host of Text to Task, Simplifying Education. My belief is that every day we have the opportunity to be inspired, to grow, serve and be role models. Thank you for joining me today. Please share the show while sharing. Tag me on Instagram so that I can say hi to you. For daily updates and inspiration, follow me on Instagram at millennial underscore teaching learning. In an era of great discoveries and technological advances, it is astonishing that the civilized world witnesses a brutal invasion of Ukraine that murders and tortures people, destroys homes, schools, universities, hospitals, and historical monuments. The world needs to know about the pain, the resilience, so that they can understand. Ukraine and Ukrainians simply want to live as a free and independent nation. In this episode, I have the privilege of talking to Professor Tatiana Konovalenko, Dean and Associate Professor of the Department of English at Bogdan Khmelnytsky Melitopol State Pedagogical University. Recently, she has been selected to be a part of International Visitors Leadership Program in the Inter-Regional Project, 21st Century Changemakers, Engaging Youth in the Battle Against Disinformation. In 2021, she co-authored and participated in the micro-project that was part of the academic initiative, Rebuilding the Potential of European Union, Studies in Victims of the Conflict in the Territory of Ukraine, Solving Problems and Finding Solutions, which is implemented with the support of the European Union within the framework of Germany of the Erasmus Plus program. Also, she was a part of the Teaching Excellency Program of the British Council in 2020. Professor Tetiana Konovalenko, thank you so much for joining me. Let me start our conversation by asking you, what influenced your decision to pursue a career in teaching and education? Okay. Thank you, Gagge, for in, uh, inviting me. Uh, well, it's uh, so important for me to share uh, everything, uh, what is happening in our country. So uh, to answer your uh, question, I would like uh, to start with uh, a short, uh, um, maybe tour uh, to my past. I was born in the village of Kostantinivka, not far from the city of Melitopol. When I was leaving school, my parents told me that I had to choose something in Melitopol without going to anywhere. The choice consisted of two universities, a pedagogical and agricultural ones. Those were the post-Soviet uh, Soviet times. The profession of a teacher hadn't been well paid yet. Nevertheless, I made up my mind to become a teacher and to devote my life to teaching English. English was one of my favorite subjects at school, in spite of the fact that it was mostly taught by means of grammar translation methods. 
At the university, I obtained the qualification of a teacher of English and Ukrainian languages and foreign literature. While being a student, I enjoyed reading books in both languages, English and Ukrainian. When I was a third-year student, my former school teacher invited me to work at my native school temporarily. I adored those two years of work with school students. I taught children uh, from the first uh, to the sixth grade. Uh, it was so stimulating to get them interested in the process of acquiring a new language, uh, watching their emotions and the joy of success. After graduation from Melitopol University, the dean of my faculty invited me, after my graduation, uh, the dean invited me to stay there and to teach university students. That was rather difficult, but I did my best to motivate my students to learn English. The process of materials preparation, designing each class, and communicating with students encouraged me to immerse myself into the profession more and more. Thank you so much. Uh, I'll go to the next question. Can you describe how a typical day looks like for you? at school, be it online or in person? Well, uh, this year, most classes are held virtually because of the war. During the pandemic, our university prepared a good basis for virtual and blended learning and teaching. So we have all necessary learning materials uploaded on the Moodle platform with a built-in video conference system, Big Blue Button. I usually use various modes of interaction in my classes, in spite of their being virtual or in-person. Last semester, our students mostly were learning asynchronously. Uh, I, uh, as well as other teachers, uploaded all necessary materials to the platform, wrote the tasks, deadlines, and the students worked in the mode of self-study. You see, the first things Russian soldiers did in Melitopol and other occupied territories switch over the internet and Ukrainian mobile connection. That is the relation on our rights and freedom of speech. So all students and teachers had to find the periods when the internet started to work. Most often uh, that was late at night. So this academic year, we started online as well, and we won't be able to return to the offline mode until the end of the war in Ukraine. I try to make my classes as student-centered as it is possible. I usually start with involving students into reflections, appealing to their experience. Then there is some input in the form of guided reading, watching videos, surfing the internet. Then there are discussions preparing dialogues, reports, working with Jamboard or Padlet or any other virtual boards. Uh, we use Mentimeter, Edpuzzle, and other digital tools. My students mostly work in pairs and small groups. Uh, they like, uh, when I used to check uh, their knowledge, um, open book quizzes or Kahoot. So uh, our usual classes uh, look like uh, communication and sharing the information. Which topics in the curriculum you enjoy teaching the most? 
It's a good question, uh, Gardner. Uh, you see, uh, sometimes the topic which seems very difficult can appear very productive. And sometimes the students are amazingly smart at discussing such topics. The effectiveness also depends on the rapport. It happens that even academic, difficult academic topics can be revealed in unexpected direction and cause a live discussion. Now, one of my most, uh, or one of the most important topics is media literacy. Our students, as well as their relatives, feel the scrolls of disinformation, misinformation and fakes falling in them. The principles of media literacy are extremely important to those our students who are staying in the occupied territory. So we discuss how in mass media their emotions are influenced. Real information is distorted and their consciousness undergoes manipulations. So they learn how to uh, 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 resist um, the influence of all those um, disinformation, misinformation, malinformation. And students also like discussing other topics uh, such as human rights, digitalization, uh, values uh, in human society. Uh. Would you be comfortable sharing a bit about how you have supported your students during the war? Yeah, the question uh, touches very uh, well, sensitive topic uh, because uh, the situation uh, in Melitopol in spring uh, was becoming more and more depressing. And I went uh, to the uh, anti-war marches in our occupied cities uh, that helped me uh, to uh, stay alive, to survive, uh, not to uh, fall in despair. Uh, there were some of our students as well going to those marches. I was glad that they also struggled against the uh, tyranny of the strangers bursting into our native country. But the occupiers started to kidnap people and I asked the students not to go to the marches to save their lives. The occupiers did not let uh, give uh, to the people the humanitarian help brought from Zaporizhia. And the humanitarian crisis in the city was enormous. It was difficult to find any food or medicine. Uh, my husband and me were looking for some products in the shops for ourselves and for my students. We visited our students uh, living in the hostel. Uh, they were well, from different cities. They couldn't uh, return home. Uh, a lot of children from, from villages. Uh, and uh, we brought them food, water, and medicines. Uh, and among those students, there were even orphans. Uh, so the situation was really hard. It seemed that uh, Russian occupiers transferred our country into the dark ages of wild people uh, whose destiny is to destroy everything. Uh, it was really difficult not to immerse in despair, as I've uh, mentioned before, uh, but the necessity of supporting my students and colleagues helped me to stay resilient. At the very beginning of the war, I held a webinar devoted to media literacy. Our students and teachers attended it. Uh, and afterwards, uh, some of them confessed uh, that uh, uh, that really helped them. 
then uh, there was a period of blackout, no electricity, no internet, no mobile connection. But the Ukrainian government did all their best to restore the electricity, mobile and internet connection. Uh, so sometimes it appeared. Uh, after um, some unplanned break in the studies, we went on online learning, uh, teaching uh, on the Moodle platform, as I uh, said. Uh, we had uh, to interrupt it on the 1st of June because the occupiers tried to get our students uh, to the classrooms, inviting them to pass their examinations. Uh, the aim of the occupiers was to influence our students with Russian propaganda and to use them as an alive shield. Uh, so uh, at that moment, uh, we uh, tried uh, to give the students as much uh, information support as it was possible. Uh, we uh, collected them in Zoom uh, video conferences and asked them uh, to leave the occupied territories, uh, to avoid visiting the university buildings, uh, where uh, together with some of our teachers who started collaboration with occupiers were Russian soldiers. Uh, and during our classes, uh, we asked the issues uh, students were experiencing. We recommended psychological tips, we recommended which books to read, uh, what music to listen to. Uh, it, it is very, very important. It was very important for them uh, to survive in that uh, real hell. Thank you. What are the challenges of teaching in wartime and how have you dealt with them? Uh -huh. uh, well, I mentioned uh, some of the challenges uh, and um, uh, I was telling mostly about um, our organizing students learning uh, since uh, the end of the winter uh, till uh, June. Uh, but this year, uh, we've started uh, online uh, as well. And now there are some, uh, the same challenges with the internet connection. Uh, but in spite of the war, our youth want to study in Ukrainian universities. They try to attend all classes, even from the occupied territories. Uh, if they prepare some materials which uh, need demonstration on the screen. I assist them with, with that because uh, they uh, usually um, join Zoom uh, by means of their uh, smartphones and they don't have uh, this opportunity. Uh, so uh, I, uh, they tell what they have prepared while I demonstrate uh, uh, the material prepared by them. Uh, if the internet connection doesn't allow them to join the classes according to the uh, timetable, they work asynchronously. Uh, but they do their best to find a better connection uh, as they value uh, our interaction, communication, most of all. Uh, I feel they are striving for quality education, interpersonal communication, support and mutual respect. Uh, you see, there is no safe place in Ukraine now. 
Those who are staying in the occupied territories undergo Russian propaganda, uh, and people with weapons are surrounding them. Uh, and uh, the uh, influence of Russian propaganda switches off any critical thinking and turns people into zombies. Uh, in the free uh, territories, in the territories under the control of Ukraine, there is very dangerous situation because of bombing with missiles. Every day we have to stop our classes because of the air alarms so that the students could hide in the shelters. Yesterday, Russian soldiers bombed the humanitarian column of cars with three missiles. 31 people perished, among them were two children. 88 people are wounded. You see, we, when we don't know, uh, we don't know where the next missile come and at what time. So all our students require serious psychological support. Uh, they uh, need uh, our attention. Uh, sometimes uh, one word can become the trigger which makes people sad and makes people uh, cry. Uh, so first of all, we need the victory over the cruel enemy and restoring the peace in Ukraine. That will make all Ukrainians happy and we are sure Ukraine will prevail. Uh, by the way, today we are having uh, Teacher's Day in Ukraine. I congratulate you on this uh, holiday uh, I wish you energy, inspiration, and success in this profession. Thank you so much. You're doing a great job. Uh, and uh, we know that all the times the teacher's profession uh, is considered uh, to be a noble profession. Thank you so much. Uh, Professor Tendiana Konavarenko, more power to you on your Teacher's Day. And I hope that we see the end of the world very soon and we get to see a free Ukraine in the near future. As Professor Tendiana Konavarenko pointed out, content moderation should be guided by a human rights based approach. There has been a marked change in the way information is gathered and disseminated during the Ukraine conflict. Due to the instantaneous nature of social media, the conflict has taken on a new dimension. Even seven months later, the online war of information is just as fierce as the battles in Ukraine. Thank you so much, Professor Konovalenko, for speaking to us.